This week on Wise Up with Christina, we have Tina Greenbaum, whose program is Mastery Under Pressure. And I have to say, talking to Tina, it's like she melts your anxiety like an aspirin to a headache. And not only that, but I felt really informed. Tina really understands the connection between mind and body. And if you think you've heard it all, check out this episode because she has some really great insights on that mind-body connection and how to master pressure. Enjoy. everyone. This is Christina DiGiacomo, and this is Wise Up with Christina. And I'm really excited about today's guest. Her name is Tina Greenbaum. And I can say that I know her through uh, the C-Suite Network Thought Council, but I've had the privilege of actually being in conversation with her and getting some of her wise advice. And I have to say, she can melt your anxieties like an aspirin to a headache. And I just am so excited that she's here to talk to us. Hi, Tina. Hi, Christina. Thank you. I love that analogy. <laughs> Feel free to use it. <laughs> can, you, can you just let everyone know what it is that you do and anything that you're working on? For sure. So I created a program called Mastery Under Pressure. And I think about if you were an Olympic level athlete and you were going out to, to compete, you would never never go out there without training the mental side of, of you. And yet we put people into high pressured, high stakes environments and we ask them to, to perform at a very, very high level with no training. So through the, th- I'm coming on 37 years now and through all these years of helping people have skill. I'm basically a teacher. I'm a psychotherapist by training and, but I'm really a teacher and I love to teach people skills to help them manage themselves in these high pressured situations. But in any situation, you know, that you have a toolbox that you can pull out and say, oh, this is what this calls for. And then if you practice over and over and over and over again, it becomes second nature. Very short answer, or relatively short. (laughs) Yet worthy work, (laughs) right? Because, you know, I I almost feel like we're in, I almost feel like we're in a global pressure cooker Right now, not almost. We are, (laughs) we are right, and not the fun Instapot kind. (laughs) Not the let's set it for like mashed potatoes and we're going to make mashed potatoes. We're in a very serious pressure cooker, and I I think your focus on pressure and really understanding it and how the mind and and a person operates under pressure is is so timely and so critical uh, to understand. And not many people really understand it. you know, can you tell us a little bit about your perspective and your point of view around pressure? So when you said it's, it, it is a mind thing, but it's really a mind-body thing mm-hmm. or a body-mind thing because the body gets triggered before the mind gets triggered. So let's just say we have this fear around money 
because many people do at this time or, you know, their livelihoods. And so the feeling of the pressure comes in the body. The muscles get tight, the heart begins to race, the hands get sweaty, sweaty, depending on how much pressure we feel. Because what's happening is we're activating the sympathetic nervous system. And when we do that, what happens is the, the cortisol and the, steroid, you know, the steroids begin to course through the body, preparing us for fight or flight or freeze. And so when you understand that that's actually what's happening, and then you know, nanoseconds later, the mind says, oh, I'm short on money, or this is scary, or I don't know what I'm going to do, or my business is failing, or any one of those things that, that come up. So in order to work with it, I, I like to think of it, it's, it's a body-mind experience. So we have to learn how to calm down the body so the mind will become clear. And a lot of the work that I've done and continuing to do, and I'm really excited about a lot of the things that I'm even still learning and learning more of, is the neuroscience and the explanation for some people who need to really understand the science before they would actually want to sit and meditate. Like, why do that? What's the purpose of it? Well, the purpose of it is, is it actually quiets down the part of the brain that's always on alert, is the amygdala. It, again, this is the way that we're designed, danger, danger, danger. And so for people who have had traumatic experiences, that is more alert and more you know, of an alarm than for other people, but we've all had trauma. You know, in my trauma training, it's like big T's, like earthquakes and like what's happening right now and hurricanes and floods and, and sudden deaths and those big traumas. And then there are little T's, you know, being criticized, being, being bullied, being, you know, not getting what you want <laughs> when you want it. So we have a series of, of ways in which the, the cells hold on to this memory. And so unexamined, we operate from our unconscious. And the unconscious will rule us instead of us having the level of consciousness to be able to control a lot of these things that happen. So when we meditate, we quiet down that alert system and things settle down and we go into a different brain wave. And the part of the brain that's involved in executive functioning, the part that we want to have on call when we're in, in a pressured situation so that we can see what's happening. Okay, we do this and then we do that and then we do that. And so the sign of a great leader actually is somebody who can see what's happening before anybody else sees it and also has the level of calm that other people they've got it you know they've got it i can i can relax a little bit so just to kind of kind of feedback to you all of this so rich i i it's it's like every sentence it, there's like a nugget and a depth to every sentence that you that you just said but you know to, to really think about first of all the the body first and then and then the mind you know i i think that's such an important uh important idea i don't feel a lot of times the body is really taken into account in terms of the whole process. Uh, yeah, and and you know, I think in uh, what I've heard in in Aboriginal cultures, in certain Aboriginal cultures, that the mind actually exists in the body. In uh, in other words, that the gut 
uh, and the response from the body is actually an intelligence in and of itself. And I, I think that's, that's, you know, learning, learning and understanding the brain, the brain, the brain gut connection. Yeah. So I think that's, that's fantastic that you're having such an, there's an equitable focus on the, the body in, in addition to the mind and, um, and that's wonderful. And the other thing in terms of, from, from my perspective, I think where a lot of tension and pressure arises is when people uh, don't understand the difference between what they can control and what they can't control. And a lot of the anxieties and pressure that we feel is we are focusing on and in resistance or judgment of the things that we can't control and that we feel some semblance of responsibility for the things that we can't control. And, and I'm just echoing, you know, what you're talking about in terms of that, not examining and not being observant of those things. And Socrates said that the unexamined life is not worth living. And you're all about teaching people how to actually observe and examine what's going on around them. And you've built a whole practice and methodology around that. And I think that's, that's fantastic. That's right. Because you can't change something that you don't know, right? So everything starts with awareness. And today, the, the, the term mindfulness is, is sort of in, but as you know, this is an ancient practice. And so there's a couple definitions that I, I would love to have people have because they are the guideposts of how to manage the thoughts. Okay, so we've got the body and then we have the mind, the thoughts. And so number one, stress or anxiety the definition that I use and I learned a long, long time ago, and it's held all these years is the perceived amount of control that we think we have, that we don't have. So the operative word is perceived. Mm-hmm. So when I look at this current situation of the coronavirus, there's so much that's out of my control. So much that, that, you know, that we're, we're giving it to, to people that um, our leadership, which may or may not, um, represent what we would love to see if we would happen if we were in control. So there's a lot that's out of our, out of my control, but what is in my control? All the things that they've been teaching us and telling us in terms of washing your hands and going out with the, the, the distance and the masks. And okay, so I can do the physical things. What about my mind? Okay, how, could, how do I control my mind? And I, I, I like to use the term productive thinking. Do my thought rather than positive thinking. Mm-hmm. So when I think of positive thinking, I, you know, I get a smile on my face, but it's like, yeah, everything's going to be great. And, you know, I have this serendipitous and it, if my unconscious does not really buy into it, it's never going to happen. So I like to use do my thoughts produce something useful for me. So coming back again to this coronavirus, I'm scared. My money's in scarcity. You know, I'm afraid of my job. I'm afraid of all these things that my, my fear begins to come up. Okay, so then I come back to that question. Does that, do those questions produce something useful for me? Or does it get my nervous system agitated? And I'm now back into that sympathetic nervous system and I can't think clearly. So, okay, so I'm scared about my money. Okay, that's a truth. So I acknowledge that. Okay, and then I come back to, okay, so... I'm scared and what is in my control around that. So I just had a conversation with a client right before I got on here who's in the hospitality and, and restaurant business. And 
she's a whiz at putting together teams and operations and budgets. And so we talked a lot about, okay, you've got these transferable skills. What can you do? And so the assignment that I gave her was to ideate. What would that perfect job look like? You know, maybe it would be working for yourself. Maybe it would be going into a different department or a different, you know, um, uh, industry, but taking these transferable skills. So we, we start out with the macro and then we bring it, bring it, bring it back to the present, to what is in my control. So that's the operative question that I always ask myself as soon as I feel stress. What's in my control? What's out of my control? How stoic of you. I love it. <laughs> and and the thing is, too, what I love about what you just said, it just brings to mind the use of reason, mm-hmm. right? And and the process of use of discerning that which is changing and in motion and those circular thoughts. I call them the circular thoughts Mm -hmm. that, you know, that uh, I'm worried about money and, and the, you know, that sort of flight or, or fight versus what you're calling the productive thoughts. You know, I, I call it reason, Mm -hmm. the use, the reasoned mind, um, and which is really just getting a better understanding of, of what is unchanging, what is, what is true about you, what is real versus that which is like a story that your mind is spinning, you know, the, this tall tale <laughs> that your mind is spinning about what what is, you know, your reaction to what is happening to you. And so I love the fact that you're doing this kind of work with, with people and you're using it to, to help people. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's fantastic. And plus, I get to nerd out with you too, because you know, <laughs> no. I love just how I you love talk the way about you take it and put it into the philosophical terms because <laughs> they fit. You know, it, it, it's it's again, it's a part of the whole, and we we look at what's you know our perception comes from from who we are, it comes from our own history, it comes from our backgrounds, it comes from the way that we're designed, it comes from our genetic predispositions. And so we talk about the same things and you pull out one piece and I pull out another, but they fit. They fit as part of the whole and ways to manage life and ways to get through it in a way that's not so painful, even though this is a really painful time. You know, I I have people that are really in really hard, hard situations and yet they are not suffering because they have access to this deeper part of themselves and they have an ability to start putting things into perspective and not letting the mind go off into obsessive thinking, you know, the circular thinking that you're talking about, because it only takes 30 seconds, Christina, for the mind to grab onto a circular thought. Mm -hmm. And so that's where all this work comes in, in terms of practice and repetition and practice and repetition so that we build these new neural pathways and a situation comes up we come up to a crossroads we recognize that there's a challenge you know we're going along everything's really good but up, here comes a big obstacle well we could go down the tubes you know down a spiral into these dark deep places or we could look at it again as a challenge how can I turn this into something that is useful for me? And, and the greater the uncertainty, which is what we have now, the more challenging it is because we don't have structure. 
you know, the things that when we talk about pressure and we talk about anxiety, we feel calmer when we have order and there is structure to our day and there's structure to our being. And, you know, I'm watching my husband who is a tennis instructor and he also loves routine and, and not anywhere nearly as much as I do, but he loves routine. <laughs> and so the first couple of weeks, you know, he was like so out of sorts, you know, kind of staying in bed and reading and like, and now he's like out there right now walking around the apartment, listening to a, a podcast, you know, measuring his steps. <laughs> and, you know, that, that's just half of his exercise thing. And then we'll go out later and, and he'll run and he'll, so it's just so encouraging to just kind of and, and motivating to just watch him turn from really what could be a really pretty devastating situation um, of not being able to work and bring in your income to something that he'll just be better when he goes out. Well, he better listen to this podcast with you on it or else I'm going to have to call him and be like, you, are, you, do, you need to listen to Tina. So... Uh, well, thank you for that. That's also such a wonderful way to look at things. And, you know, I do want to get to a little bit of your opinion uh, mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, things that you're seeing that are changing or what you feel needs to change. You're, you're nodding your, you're nodding your head. I just want everyone to know she's nodding her head emphatically. And so, Tina, what do you think about that question? So I think the biggest thing that I'm seeing is pretty much what I just um, talked about a little bit in terms of certainty versus uncertainty. And as an entrepreneur, and, and we are a group of people that have to learn how to live with uncertainty because we don't know. We can't predict. There's not somebody giving us a paycheck and you pay for your own health insurance, you pay for your own vacations or not. Or So everything as an entrepreneur's life, there is a, a willingness to live in uncertainty. Not everybody has that tolerance or should because it may not work for them in their personality. Um, that, you know, again, raising families and having predictability, relative predictability. But right now we're all thrown, it's all, everything's thrown up into the air. And so as, as a, a world, we're having to build up our ability to tolerate this level of uncertainty. And so from a spiritual perspective, that's life. I mean, that's the reality is life is not certain. You know, I had parents that were that were killed in a car accident when I was 42. And um, like, why me? Well, why not me? It happens to people. And if you think my world wasn't turned upside down, it, it was. And all the structures that I knew and the way that my family related and, and the way I related, everything was thrown up into chaos, right? So the way that the universe works is, and we can start anywhere in that circle, is um, birth, death, chaos, transformation, and rebirth. And it's a circular process. So at this time, we can see anywhere we, we step in, we can see where we are. We are in chaos. And so 
understanding that and then how do I operate within that level to manage myself? What kind of you know structure can I put in? And then living in that level of unknown because what's true about the unknown is if we stay in it long enough, it becomes the known. And so it's building up that level of tolerance for that new and chaotic thing. And then, okay, I'm here. I, now we're two months down the road and we can see a whole different experience. People, you know, the perspective is different. It's not so new. It's not so, we've got some routines for putting on our mask as we go outside. We've got routines for, so now that this is becoming more known, now we're still faced with, okay, so from here, I don't know where it's going to go. But I know that if I stay close to myself and, and stay, you know, in tune and in touch, and what are my needs right now? And what do I need to pay attention to? Okay. And then there's a wonderful saying that I love. It's you only need to see 200 yards in front of you. You don't have, you can't see the whole picture. And so, okay, so I, I'm here 200 yards. This is what I need to do. Okay. You and I made this appointment a couple of weeks ago. And so 200 yards, here we are. Now we have a whole new thing. Okay, we have a podcast that's going to go out. And, we have, and who knows where that's going to take us. So what I love about this perspective, really working from a spiritual perspective, because the universe works in certain ways. And if we follow the ways of the universe, life works a lot better. And if we don't, we keep hitting up with that resistance. And we keep coming up against ourselves until we learn that lesson or not. <laughs> And so the fun part about living in uncertainty is it's, I'm always curious, how is this going to turn out? <laughs> What's it going to look like? What's that new normal going to be? You know, we used, I used to, uh, my, in my earlier life, I, I, my ex-husband and I, we used to have boats. And then we would invariably, anybody that's had a boat, boat can relate to the fact that you, you know, you, you come aground, you go aground and, and this happens and the engine drops and, and I, and I used to get so nervous, like what? And then it was like, like, oh, I wonder how we're going to get out of this. I wonder what the story is that I'm going to tell people and who came and rescued us or how did we get out of it? And so it's learning to live life from that perspective that really helps us not to suffer. So once again, super rich. A gazillion themes just in that one answer. So I'm going to do my best to catch up with you, Tina, because you're just amazingly brilliant. But the the one there's a couple of things um, that I I want to just touch on the, because I keep going back to this metaphor of the pressure cooker. Mm -hmm. It's you have these ingredients. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I'm coming up with a cooking analogy, but what I'm saying, you have these ingredients and you know what they are. They're, mm -hmm. you know, you've got your garlic, you've got your tomato. It's all very, very defined. Mm -hmm. And then they get put in a pressure cooker. Mm -hmm. And within that pressure cooker, there is uncertainty and chaos and, you know, a melding of flavors and all these things, you know, and then, and then it, on the other side of, you know, the ding happens. And then this amazing, beautifully composed, tasty, comforting, nurturing dish comes out. Yes. And I, I feel that people, you know, again, our egos don't like chaos. So we've even attributed a negative connotation to chaos. Right. When in actuality, all chaos is, is just 
an unfolding of something. That's right. It is, it is the detachment and the deconstruction of something in its form before going through a process of deconstruction only to be reconstructed later into something else. That's the alchemy. And that's exactly. And, and, you know, and I'm thinking about what you're talking about, the, the circle as well. And that sort of, you know, the, the death, the chaos and, and the rebirth, these are all natural laws. And, you know, you, you were talking about following sort of the universe and its process. It, it's the natural law for things to go through change and, and to become something else. That's right. And so for us as human beings, how we define and perceive these different attributes and these different phases mm-hmm. is really what how we can successfully go through those different phases which is what you're talking about i'm just i'm just riffing with you yeah yeah yeah. no it's great um and so you know so i just i wanted to kind of develop and elaborate on what you were saying because it's just so rich Mm. what you're talking about and you know and it's unfortunate that you had to go through that situation with losing your parents at such a young age Mm -hmm. too uh, you know and and as someone who is in her the other side of the mid-40s. <laughs> I can't even imagine that kind of uh, disruption. Seriously catastrophic event. Yeah. Yeah. And what that what but what 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 I think um that gave us is it gave us you mm-hmm. and your That's only one of the was only one of the things one of the things that we get to appreciate and benefit from is is the you that came out of that so you know um i i just am so grateful and thankful for you to shared all of all of that uh and your work and your perspective and and just these really wonderful comforting words uh you know just to kind of wrap up i'd love for you to share if there's any uh, you know are you discovering anything about yourself or the world right now i think um what i'm discovering is that once at the level uh, it's it's more of a knowing in other words the things that we talked about i'm so grateful that i have spent the years in really personal and transformational growth that have given me these tools, you know, in addition to my natural propensity and, you know, I had a very wise mother and all these different ingredients that have come into helping me be where I am at this moment in time. And so the thing that I've discovered is is something that I've already known, but it's even more so now is this is my time. You know, this is what I have been preparing for for all these years. And my, my dream and my goal is to impact as many people as I possibly can so that they have what they might've thought was never possible for them. And I say, and I wrote my, this mission statement maybe 25 years ago, and it really hasn't changed. And it really is about knowing that if you wanna change your, your family, your workplace, your environment, your world, it really starts with changing yourself. And it's not becoming somebody new who you are not, it's actually becoming you. And that's the beautiful work of this transformation that it's, it's, it's an inside out game. You know, most of us grow up 
with an outside in, you know, what does this one want from us? What does that one want from us? You know, if I have a young client who's 19 and I said, what kind of ice cream do you like? And she said, well, I said, if I gave you vanilla ice cream, well, how would you feel about it? And she said, well, I would eat it. And if I gave you chocolate, she said, I would eat it. She said, because it depends on what everybody else is eating. She said, I don't even really like ice cream. And, and this was just such a, um, you know, a magnification of not knowing who you are and what turns you on. And so all of this is all connected. And I've taken this company into businesses where I can teach people these skills. But as you can, you know, from your wonderful questions, Christina, that it's not just a skill. The skills are the, the piece that begins, that allows us to express who we are without all the trepidations and fears and those kinds of things. Well, thank you so much, Tina. Everyone, this was Tina Greenbaum, Mastery Under Pressure. She is a maximum strength anxiety reducer. You have to check out her work. She's absolutely amazing. Thank you, Tina, for helping us wise up. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.